What's going on, party people? I am your host, along with three other hosts from Sports Ethos. But my name is Stephen Bagel. I'm host of the Bird Rides podcast. You could find this episode, which is our playoff prediction episode for Sports Ethos, on my feed, the Bird Rides podcast, on Corbin Ford's feed, Roundball Ramble, on Keith and Trey's feed for Sports Ethos Bowls. We are here with Keith Cork. We are here with Corbin Ford. And we are here with the man, the myth, the legend, David Williams from the Memphis Grizzlies Sports Ethos feed. So, obviously, this is a playoff prediction episode. Today is Monday. The playing tournaments start tomorrow. So, I don't know when we'll all be able to get this up on our feed. Hopefully, you know, sometime either later tonight or tomorrow before the playing starts. But, gentlemen, let's get right into it. We are here with, as I said, Keith, David, Corbin, and myself. I'm going to start with Keith. So, Keith, as you know, or as everyone knows, Keith does the Chicago Bulls coverage. The Chicago Bulls are the 10th seed in the Eastern Conference playing tournaments. So, Keith, let's start with that game. Between Toronto and Chicago, obviously, Toronto's the 9, Chicago's the 10. What, where do you think, what, what happens in the one game? It, the game's in Toronto, obviously, and then mm-hmm. winner would play the loser of Miami, Atlanta, to get in as the 8. So, for anybody, I know the playing is new and it's confusing. Toronto and Chicago win or cannot do better than the eight seed. Yeah. Best we can hope for is to play against the Milwaukee Bucks, which is really um, just one last rung in the series of awful uh, ladder steps that the Bulls have fallen down this season. It's just been an absolute crap show. Uh, I've, I, I'm have i pretty much over it. I hope they lose. <laughs> I really don't care. Um, I do think, though, that the, you know, the Raptors have a huge advantage at home. Uh, this is probably, you know, again, with the playing games, this is probably the worst scenario. I would have rather probably had, uh, I would definitely would have wanted the Hawks. I was hoping the Nets would fall into the play-in and the Bulls might, you know, match up with them. Uh, even the Heat, I probably would have taken over the Toronto Raptors. The Bulls just don't match up very well uh, with the Raptors. Um, you know, they have the ability to throw doubles at a DeMar DeRozan, who's a very heavy ISO player, uh, as well as Zach Levine. And they they employ that. Uh, pretty much every game. So I'm not looking forward to this. I think it's uh, not that I think the Bulls are going to get steamrolled. I think it's going to be a close and competitive game. Uh, I think at this point in time, you know, by the books, the Bulls are, are five point underdogs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sounds about right. I mean, I think it's going to be a close competitive game. The Bulls will lose by three, four five points. Um, and, you know, they'll just pack it up and go home. I mean, I think that for me as a Bulls fan, you know, it's it's more about what's going to happen in this offseason with Vucevic and Kobe White, uh, you know, needing contract extensions, uh, needing new contracts, I should say, because their contracts are up. Um, so, you know, at this point in time, I think it's kind of like, I don't think the Bulls have like packed it in, not by any means, but when your best case scenario is you're, you know, have a date again with the, with the Milwaukee Bucks, who we lost to, and I believe it was what, six games last season or five games. I think it was five games. Um, you know, I just don't think uh, the Bulls don't match up well, well with them either. So there's really no, no hope or no avenue uh, to getting anywhere beyond, you know, maybe a first round berth. So uh, I think Toronto all the way for me. Okay. So let's move on. We should have done this game first, but because you were a Bulls guy, I wanted to get your analysis on and your opinion on the Bulls. But we have Miami as a seven, Atlanta as the eight. So wh- where do you lie with that? The game is in Miami. And let me see. Miami is a five point favorite over Atlanta. And we all know that Jimmy Butler doesn't start playing until the playoffs, right? Or, or like to a week before the playoffs or whatever he said, like he doesn't start playing until the games matter, right? Um, but he has been playing really well recently. Um, you know, the Hawks uh, have been kind of in a diamond spiral also. 
So, you know, obviously I have to leave with the with the books here and, and kind of give the heat an advantage here. Uh, I do think this is also going to be a competitive game. I think the Hawks, um, they could have that game where they do upset the heat. I really think they could. Um, so I'm not, I'm not like as sold. I'm not as sold on this one as I am with Toronto over the Bulls. I think there's a, you know, maybe a 40 to 45% chance that the Hawks beat the, the heat. But there's still a, a clear edge to me for the heat here. Uh, just in terms of, you know, them being able to put together an actual team defense, which the Hawks just absolutely can't do. Um, and, I mean, I'm, I'm always taking Jimmy Butler over Trey Young or DeJounte Murray. I just think he's a tier above both of those guys at this point. I've never been a Trey Young believer. I think he's um, he's an exciting player to watch. I'll put it that way. But I don't know if he plays winning basketball. I, I think that's still very much up in the air at this point in his career. Okay, so you have the Heat winning, and that would stop them in the seven seed, and they'd have a seven-game series with the Boston Celtics. And then who do you have between Raptors and Hawks, Keith, for the eight seed? So, yeah, the Raptors and the Hawks, um, I would have to go with Raptors again. You know, I think, again, Hawks, just the downward spiral, not really buying into Trey Young. Uh, you know, the Raptors, the ability to um, throw that double at at Trey Young and really take him off his game, really just neutralize him, take him out of out of the hole. Uh, equation i think that's going to be just too much for the uh you know for trey young to overcome and for the hawks to overcome and you 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 only go as well as your stars go and the playoffs happen so um you know i i don't have any faith that the hawks have that ability at this point so uh, i'd have to go with the raptors okay so you have again raptors getting the eight seed and then they have an appointment for seven game series with the Milwaukee Bucks, that likely won't go seven, I would assume we all have. So, okay, Keith, you hold on. I'm trying my best to navigate all four of us without talking over each other. I'm going to shift to David. So, David, same question. Miami as the seven seed, Atlanta as the eight. Games in Miami. Miami's five-point favorite. Who do you got in that one? Miami for a lot of the same reasons that, uh, that Keith just pointed out. The the downward spiral from, from the Hawks. Trey Young... You know, there is there have been reports that the front office has the go ahead to shop Trey Young and John Collins has just not been playing well. I, I like the coaching move. I like Quinn Schneider. I think next year the Hawks will be a better team, but I, I don't think that uh that this is gonna be the year. I think that Miami wins this game and covers. Okay. So then Toronto and Chicago, same question. Game is in Toronto. Toronto's five-point favorite. Winner would play the Hawks for the eight seed. Uh, the prodigal son, DeMar DeRozan, comes into Toronto and treats it like home, and the Bulls beat the Raptors. Okay. <laughs> Got Keith happy, though, even though... I, just- I like the confidence. I don't I don't know if I can necessarily get myself... I've watched this team too much, but, uh, you know, one thing I think that was interesting, I know... Um, you know, if you guys are in the Ranger Pass with uh, Sportitos, Bruski's actually taking the Bulls to cover. He's not taking them to win the game, but to cover the point spread. I think it was. I thought that was interesting. And you know, one of his points was that the Bulls have been, had been on the bad side of luck for all season, and that is very true. I mean, you know, when you're talking about last game, you know, late game situations where the Bulls had a chance to maybe pull out a victory, or um, you know, talking about you know shot quality and, and the amount of shots that are going in or point differential even. The Bulls are better than their record indicates. So, um, you know, I'm probably lower on them just because I'm a fan. <laughs> I've gone through that roller coaster. So I do think over more people are taking the Bulls than, than I would probably like to believe. But, um, but yeah, I still think for me, it's still, still the Raptors. <laughs> 
No, I think that's you know that's smart taking the home team in the playoffs. Teams that have the home court advantage tend to protect their home court, and Toronto is a tough place to play. But I just I think that DeRozan being there for so long, and even though he's going to be an opponent here, I think there there's just going to be a level of comfortability. I think that he is going to go in and he's going to play extremely well in this game, and because of the amount of weirdness that the Bulls have faced this year with different lineups and guys going down and this and that, I think that you will see not anything crazy, but I, I feel like an unlikely hero is is born in this game because you always, when you get to the playoffs, you want your stars to play well, but there's always that extra guy that just happens to show up and step his game up, whether that's, you know, Kobe White or, you know, whoever, you know, Caruso, maybe that's the guy that, that goes crazy in this series. But de- defensively, I, I like the matchups of these two teams. Um, I think that Nick Nurse runs his guys in the ground throughout the year. Like he plays his starter, like his rotation guys play more minutes than anybody in the NBA. And, and I think that that's going to play a factor. I'm going to throw a name out there for the Bulls. If you want an unlikely hero, I think he could show up in the playoffs and, and make a big difference. And it's going to maybe surprise some people. But Derek Jones Jr., that's the guy I'm looking at because he plays a small ball center for us. And I think the Bulls um, – I think Drummond's probably not going to play a lot in the play in the playoffs. I'll, I'll be honest with you guys there. I think it's kind of been proven. You know, he's, he's such a frustrating player because he'll make a good play and then immediately make the most boneheaded decision with the basketball or whatever, immediately following that. Like he's like the most athletic, but, but I don't want to call him dumb. It's, it's not a nice thing to say, but he, his basketball IQ sometimes is, is it's questionable, right? Well, let's, let's put it that way. So, uh, so I think Derek Jones Jr. Is the guy I'd be looking at if you were looking for like an unsung hero, I think Caruso, he plays his role very well. You're right about that, but, um, but yeah, I, I'd be looking at that guy cause he's a, the small ball center hits threes actually at a pretty decent rate and, uh, plays defense. I mean, he's a, he's a big wing that, you know, be able to guard a guy like a Pascal Siakam. So, um, yeah, maybe, you're, maybe you're talking to your out to it. <laughs> Changing his mind, reeling him in to so, try to convince him to pick the home team. So, okay, right. David, I know we need to get to your number eight, which you would have the Hawks at home against the Bulls. So before I give my analysis, um, what do you have with that? Hawks in Atlanta against the Bulls, winner gets the eight seed. I actually I'm picking the Bulls again here. Okay. Yep. I, I just I, I have zero faith in what the Hawks have done to close out this year. And I find it really hard to believe that they're just going to flip a switch. Trey Young in the playoff run that they made whenever they, they played the Knicks and he became the most hated man in New York. He found a different level there, but there's just something different about him this year, man. Like I, I watched him, and I know nobody cares about fantasy teams at this point because we're talking about the playoffs. But when you have a guy on your fantasy team, you tend to watch his team more, just or I do anyway. And his body language, just some of the stuff that I saw from him this year, man, it it really felt different i don't know i'm not gonna go out and be like oh he's broke like they need to trade him but there's something going on there and i don't know if it's trey young himself if it's the coaches that he's had 
I'm not sure where it is. The I think there needs to be some accountability because I, I don't think that he is held to the same standard as the rest of the players on that team. And I think that's because of his, you know, the the moniker of being the star of the team. But I think that uh the the coaching change that, that may change in Atlanta, but I don't know what that coaching change happened so late in the season if it's enough time for it to be effective. So I, I just I have zero faith in the Hawks at all. So let me give my picks real quick. I have Miami, just like both of you do, winning that seven versus eight against Atlanta. I just think Miami straight up with Jimmy Butler, Bam out of body. Not only are they much better, eh, excuse me, they're very well coached and better coached than the Hawks are. Quinn Snyder is absolutely no slouch, but as David did say, he's still getting acclimated with that new system. But again, he's not Nathan McMillan, but... Eric Spolster, I think he's the best coach in the world. I just, I, I, I would take him to outcoach whoever I need to in a one game series, and he in just you know the one game playing game over anybody. So I think talent wins out. I think coaching wins out, and home field advantage wins out. I'm going to go with Miami at the seven, and then between Toronto and Chicago, I'm going to go Toronto hesitantly, mostly because of the fact that all of a sudden I saw Odd Sharks on Twitter make a post that. Nick Nurse is now plus money to be the Raptors coach next year after, which I thought almost came out of nowhere. I know we had that press conference that said, oh, we're going to have to reevaluate things. But out of nowhere, he's a favorite to become the Rockets coach. Will the smoke feels fire? I think James Harden might leave Philly and end up back in Houston. Nick Nurse will take that Houston job. So I just feel like when your coach is already checked out and looking at other opportunities, it's it you know, difficult to overcome that. So I will give Toronto because they have home field advantage and because I'm not a big believer in Chicago, the win there. But again, just because of how I think Nick Nurse has a wandering eye, I'm going to go the Hawks on their home court over Toronto. And we've seen this crazy Atlanta stat of like the last, like what, 30 games now where they haven't been more than one game over 500 or more than one game under 500. They've either one loss, one loss, or one two in a row, lost one, one one, lost one. Like there's, they literally just cannot get more than a two or three game winning streak or losing streak. I have them losing the first one. So if the pattern follows, logic sounds dumb. They're going to win the next one. But yeah, I mean, we were talking about this Toronto team at the trade deadline as, you know, the biggest seller. Are they going to keep Ananobi? Are they going to keep Siakam? Are they going to keep Van Vliet is likely going to leave in free agency? Trend might leave in free agency. I just think when all the players are already, you know, I, I don't have any insider knowledge, obviously, but, you know, when all the players are already thinking about what's next, that's not a good way to go about, you know, winning this playing game, especially on the road. So... Yeah, so I have Miami as a seven. All three of us agree on that. I have Atlanta as the eight. All three of us, Keith, David, and I, and again, we're going to get to Corbin. All three of us have a different eight seed. Keith has Toronto. David has the Bulls. I have Atlanta. So, you know, when we get Corbin's picks, he's going to have to, I guess, be our tiebreaker. Who gets so, the uh, the, the uh, privilege of losing to the Bucks? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. Great, great prize there. <laughs> and get out of the lottery completely, which I know right. like for the Bulls and Atlanta, they don't have their own picks anyway, which Atlanta might this year, actually. 
from the Jante Mary trade. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But let's move on to the West, meanwhile. Lakers are the seven. Minnesota's the eight. Winner gets the seven. I'll start this one since I went last for the... Since I... Excuse me. Since I went last for the last one. I think the Lakers desperately need, and we have Corbin ready to... We're here. Yes. Awesome. Corbin, stay with me one minute. I'm going to give my West predictions real quick, then I'm going to have you give all four playing games, okay? Okay. So I think the Lakers desperately need the number seven seed just because of how difficult of a matchup Denver would be for them in round one if they fall to eight. I'm not going to spoil my picks on how far I have the Lakers going, but I think, you know, Minnesota, no McDaniels, no Nas Reed. Um, obviously, no Gobert. Gobert, is now, Gobert is now suspended. I just think there's too much turmoil there. The Lakers have the best record in the West since the All-Star break. I think they're an easy, and I think they're eight-point favorites too over Minnesota. I'm signing them into seven. New Orleans and OKC in New Orleans. I am going to take the Pelicans with or without Zion. We saw them, you know, I think they were the 10 last year in the play and ended up snagging that eight seed and gave Phoenix a little bit of a series. So it was the one last year. So obviously those players have experience. They go much deeper than OKC does. I think SGA is probably the best player in that series. But again, Pelicans could go eight, nine deep. I don't think OKC could match that. I'm going to go with the Pelicans. And then I'm going to take the Pelicans over the Timberwolves just because of all the turmoil going on. With Minnesota, even if Gobert is back for that second game, I don't know how he's going to gel with everyone. I just, I, I don't trust any of that. So I'm going to slot the Pelicans into my eights. So Corbin, let's move on. I think I've done enough talking. I'm trying to, you know, mediate all four of us at once. So you heard all of our Eastern Conference playing picks. All three of us have Miami over Atlanta to be the seventh seed. Do you have the same sentiment, or do you like Atlanta in that game? So it's funny. As I was, you know, getting over here, getting set up, I heard um, you bring up, you know, in analyzing Miami versus Atlanta, that um, Eric Spolstra, you know, the best coach out there, which while Darvin Ham is still coaching, I can't agree with. So I just wanted to push back a little bit on that. But no, aside from that, honestly, yeah, I agree with everything I said. I think, I mean, there's some nuance there because, I don't know, Miami and Atlanta is tough for me. I think Miami's offense in general has been horrible, right? But the difference is, and I think Keith pointed out a little bit like, Jimmy Butler really only comes to play during the playoffs, right? So if we're looking at the elevated elevation of his own game, um, the fact that you'd imagine that, you know, Tyler Hero could have a game, it's one game. Like the sample size of some of these guys playing up a little bit is helpful. And at the end of the day, even though the offense from Miami is inconsistent, their defense has traveled, right? So I definitely give them, and uh, the fact that they've been an individual, like a team-wise matchup issue for Trey Young. Which kind of goes to David's point about the the turmoil and stuff swirling around Atlanta. I've never been a big Atlanta fan from when they got rid of Lloyd Pierce. Like I just didn't think that was smart. And obviously now Amy Millen, you know, like at the end of the day, I think we kind of know where this is going. But between the type of play they have, the just straight up averageness of their roster, and the fact they can't really say, oh, well, guess what? Atlanta got this to lean on or this to lean on. They're just gonna be there and they're gonna do what they do. And that is just decent basketball where Miami can say, okay, if we get a big Jim Butler game, who Atlanta's not stopping that. If we play the defense that we know we're capable of doing, then we can limit Atlanta. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking Miami for sure on that. Um, Toronto, Chicago. I don't know. I, I like 
maybe as a Lakers fan, I'm, I'm really fond of like a DeMar DeRozan and Alex Caruso and all these Laker targets or ex-Lakers, Pat Beverly sort of. Um, but with that being said, I, I'm going to lean Toronto. I, I think that the way that Chicago plays, they're prone to cold streaks. They don't generate the easiest of shots. And they're not a really good three-point shooting team, or they're not a consistent three-point shooting team. You have games where your best three-point shooter, Zach Levine, will take like two threes midway through a third quarter of a game. I saw that last week. And I'm like, what? We know DeMar DeRozan doesn't do it. We know that, you know, Ayo Sumu is kind of inconsistent there. Um, you say the same with Pat Beverly, who, trust me, I saw him with the Lakers. Very streaky, right? Alex Crusoe, not a high-volume three-point shooter. You don't have a lot of that happening. Nikola Vucevic, same thing. So, if your offense hits the bumps in the road that Chicago's offense is capable of doing, as we've seen for large chunks of this season, and defensively, yeah, they can be stout, but I don't know if I look at them as, I don't know, I don't think they're going to, like, turn off Toronto's water. So I'm going to go, I'm going to lean Toronto on that. Okay, and then Atlanta and Toronto for the eighth, then. The game would be in Atlanta. As much as I hate it, just bagged on Atlanta, but I'm going to say Atlanta. That's what I said. Toronto just so isn't. The tiebreaker and agreed with yeah, me. I just don't think Toronto's that good of a road team. I don't think they're that good of a team period this year. But, like, yeah. we're here, right? Playing, baby. Okay. So, Corbin, let's move to the West for you. Then I'll move to David, and then Keith will finish up with the plan. Lakers and Minnesota in L.A. I know just, you're a Lakers just, guy. just call the next one. Game. We know yeah. he's picking. Honestly, just... I got Lakers getting out that and the first round. So, David, when you get me on to talk Grizzlies, Lakers preview, don't be mad. No, I'm playing. Um, yeah, but we already know. I mean, you guys already said the points. Minnesota's weak at all the positions. They need to be of strength to compete with this Lakers team, right? Their 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 big depth is just totally just decimated, right? Um, Carlton Towns going to be. I mean, he's going to have a big game. I think he's capable of having a big game. Um, and then, you know, Anthony Edwards is going to be a matchup issue as well. I'm sure the Wolves are going to try as many switches as possible to get D'Lo on him or Malik Beasley on him, whatever the case may be. But defensively, they're going to leave way too many holes. And you're taking out your best, you know, um, Davis defender. You're taking out your best LeBron, LeBron, LeBron defender. The numbers have shown that actually Jamie Downs done a decent job, you know, small sample size of the minutes of LeBron. Well, now he's gone. Welcome, Kyle Anderson. Like, okay. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think the Lakers get out of that pretty easy. Um, actually, I, I say pretty easy. It really depends on their three-point variance. But defensively, I have more trust in Lakers. Offensively, I have more trust in LeBron and AD. And I think that's going to be enough to get past that. Um, Pelicans and Thunder. kind of want to go Thunder. Okay. I kind of want to go Thunder. In a game where, you know, it just takes a hot shooting team. It, it's one game. Like, I think the Thunder can catch fire a lot more. Then Pelicans, mind you, Brandon Ingram's been on a heater like the last month and a half, right? But CJ McCollum's been up and down. And Trey Murphy, I mean, if he steps up and has a big game, great. But he's had games he's disappeared as well. After that, that's pretty much your offense, right? I mean, Yolanda Vanchulis, who, by the way, a little piece of trivia, I'm sure you all know, the only person that played in every, like, play-in tournament, like, the only player that played in one every year, which I think is kind of neat. But, yeah, shout out to him. Um, So, I mean, I just, I don't trust their offense as much. So I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Thunder. I know it's not a popular opinion, and trust me, I can be swayed and kind of was back over to the Pelicans, but they've just not been inspiring to me. Like their basketball has not been great. Um, I don't want to say it's with the loss of Zion because they've had injuries as well. But regardless, like Herb Jones has been shown, hey, he can't shoot, and like the numbers have borne that out. Even his wide open three point shooting numbers have shown that. Season McCullum, he ebbs and flows, right? And after that, I, I, I don't know. So I'm, I'm taking the Thunder, and then Laker, and then it's gonna be Wolves and Thunder. And, and I'm taking Minnesota. in Minnesota. I'm taking the Wolves. Okay, David. What about you? Seven, eight Lakers to your Wolves. Who you got? 
Yeah, there, I don't see that there's any way that Minnesota wins this game. You know, I, I think the Gobert, the loss of Gobert, I don't think impacts that team that much. I know what kind of defense he brings to it, but I like their lineup with Kyle Anderson at the four and Towns at the five. I think that Towns is going to match up better against AD than what Gobert would. But then losing a guy like McDaniels, like Corbin pointed out, his defense on LeBron was going to be crucial, and he gets mad and punches a wall. And so now he's out. I I do think that Anthony Edwards could be an X factor in this game because the Lakers do not have a wing stopper. They don't. They don't like when they you, – you make the moves that you make, you lose KCP. Like, he is a good wing defender. And I don't feel like there's anybody on that team – when LeBron wants to ring his hard at and lunch bell, like he can play good defense. We all know that. But is he going to match up? Like you're not going to put him on Anthony Edwards for the entire game. You want more out of offense. Man, did you really just type in Troy Brown Jr.? Get out of my face. Dude. But but He's okay, like, all right. You, that was the joke though. I put the name of the person I really believe. Do you there. legitimately think so like I know that Vanderbilt is a good defender. I, I will give you that. Thank you. I, but I, I don't think that he is a certified wing stopper. I don't think he wants any smoke from Anthony Edwards. I still think the Lakers win this game because Minnesota just doesn't have enough. But the Lakers defense will get exposed in the first round matchup against the Grizzlies. Oh, absolutely not. Oh, wow. Absolutely not. In fact, I'm hoping we get the Grizzlies. Like, the Nuggets will be a tougher matchup. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've been, no, because I knew Dave was going to say something. I knew him. Like, I love my guy, David, but I knew. Anyway, let's not even go there. But I'm praying we get Memphis. Please let John Moran get like 40 a game and y'all go out and five. Anyway, moving on. Mm. In okay. Five. Yeah, that, that's not happening. <laughs> right. We're going to get there. So oh, man. <laughs> that's where the fireworks are. <laughs> David, who do you like between Pelicans and Thunder and New Orleans? Um, Man, I hate the Smoothie King Arena so much. If you have never been to a game there, save your money. Do not do it. That arena is dog water. It's terrible. Um, So for that reason, I'm going to pick the Thunder to win that game. Okay. I know that's a random reason, but yeah, I, I like OKC to win that game. And then T Wolves and OKC for the eight seed. Um, I really, we, we were kind of talking about this before we started recording. I, I would love to see OKC without minutes restrictions going all in, doing everything that they can to win. I would like to see them win this game and, and go into a matchup against Denver. So we could see playoff SGA and then what does Josh Giddy look like and, and the rest of these young role players. Uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl is a guy that I really like throughout the draft process just because he plays high IQ basketball and he rarely makes a mistake. And I think that role players like that are going to be key whenever that team gets better as they continue to try to grow and, and win games. Check comes back next year. I think that that's going to make some impact. I don't think that they make a deep run this year, but heck, I'm, I'm going to take them. I'm going to take them to uh, end, end up being the eighth seed over the Wolves. Uh, Gobert will probably be back by the time you get to that game, but um, I, I think that you you don't punch a teammate and chemistry just magically comes back. Look at the Wolves. They're defending champs, and they ended up a six seed. After well, that's, that's because the best coach on their staff is now coaching the Kings. That's why that team is okay. where it's at. And well, I 
I don't want to take away the Andrew Wiggins thing, right? Like they, they missed him for a, a big portion of the year, but I said the entire time that they were winning those championships that I think Mike Brown is a better coach than Steve Kerr. And I will say that until I run out of breath. I guess we will see when we have the Kings playing the Warriors and those guys are coaching against each other, but we'll get there. Keith, obviously, you know, you've been sitting on the sidelines for a little bit now, so I'm going to get you back in. So we just saw Corbin basically break out tie because you, me, and David all had different eight seeds in the East playing. And now Corbin, me, and David all have three different eight seeds in the West playing. So you're going to be our tiebreaker for this one. Do you also have the Lakers over the Timberwolves in LA for the first playing game? Yeah, no question. I mean, when the trailer deadline happened, I mean, the Lakers got every single piece that they needed. And it just, I, I left that trade deadline game going, how, how did this happen? The the, the Lakers got inf- like not infinitely better. I mean, I, I think they still have flaws. Um, you know, there's, there's still, I still don't buy them as like a championship contender personally, but I do think that they got um, a lot of good pieces there. And uh, just incredible. I, I mean, hats off Rob Lincoln and all that. But, um, but yeah, I, I definitely have them over the Wolves here without Gobert uh, or Nas Reed or uh, who else are I missing there? Uh, Jaden McDaniels. So, yeah, I, I definitely have them over them. Okay. So then Pelicans and OKC in New Orleans. Yeah, I'll smoke or something, man, because, uh, I mean, I love – I want to see OKC Thunder. I want to see them playing in a play in a playoff series. But, uh, man, I, I'm taking Pelicans, and here's why. Pelicans – actually play with a rotation right they actually play games with their top eight players actually get significant minutes whereas the thunder have had i don't know how many different starting lineups in this season probably like upwards of 30 at this point right um they just seem to you know have guys slipping in and out of the lineup here so i just have no confidence when you actually cut that rotation down to eight or nine players that the thunder actually have that kind of depth and those pieces that know what they're going to be doing in a game that actually matters. So, um, I mean, the Thunder are a fun team. I want to see Shea Gildas Alexander in a, in a playoff series. I absolutely do. Uh, but no, I'm taking the Pellies here. Um, you know, Brandon Ingram, as uh, Corbin said, you know, on a heater here the last month. And I think that's going to continue. Hopefully CJ plays better, better as well. So then you have Minnesota at home against the Pelicans for the eight seed. Yeah, and that's an interesting one. I've been thinking about it as we've been talking here. I'm like, who am I going to take here? Um, I got to take Minnesota, though, I think, ultimately. Um, I, I do think that, you know, Gobert back in the mix there. I think Gobert and, and Anthony Towns, when it comes playoff time, that is going to be a formidable duo uh, at the center position and, and power forward position. And, uh, you know, if you're talking them against, you know, Jonas Valanciunas and uh, Trey Murphy, Herb Brown, you know, Herb Jones, whoever's playing those that four spot there for him, I just I, I think I have to take um, the Timberwolves. Okay, so you, Corbin wins this tiebreaker now, actually. So Keith and Corbin both have T-Wolves at the 8. We all have Lakers 7. David has OKC at the 8. I have the Pelicans at the 8. So now that it took us, you know, 25 minutes to get through the playing tournaments, let's go a little bit rapid fire with some analysis. But David, let's start with you this time. You have Milwaukee as the, well, Milwaukee is the one in the East, and you have the Bulls as the eight. How many games is Milwaukee winning? Because I assume you have Milwaukee beating Chicago. Yeah, I I don't know if Chicago wins a game against them. Okay. I think yeah, I think Bucks and and four five at the most. Okay, then I have Bucks and Hawks. I'm gonna agree. I'm also gonna say Bucks and four. I think Toronto might give Milwaukee if they were to be the eight a little bit more of a run because. I guess their rotation runs a little deeper and they're a little bit better coach, even though 
I already talked about my worries about Nick Nurse have a wandering eye. Corbin, what about you? You have the Hawks as your eight. So Milwaukee and Atlanta. How many do you think Milwaukee will win in? If they, if you assume they win. Three. Three. No, I'm, I'm obviously joking, oh. but <laughs> but no, I think it's going to be a sweep. I, I don't think they have no one that's going to match up, to be honest. I think that um, Drew Holiday can definitely put pressure on Trey Young, and I'm saying that with like all the quotations in the world. Um, I'm starting to regret even picking Atlanta right now, um, just because it kind of feels not right. I feel like a 2K simulation gone awry. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't, uh, I don't see it being a a competition um, for Milwaukee, and I think it'll be a, a, a quick work with them. Maybe, maybe the Hawks get one game. Maybe they get one game in Atlanta. They're knocking down a bunch of threes, you know between Young and Bogey, you know, and they're all getting there. Maybe that happens. But I see it going the way of the traditional, you know, Milwaukee-Detroit or Milwaukee-Orlando or Toronto-Orlando, the ones we've seen the last couple of years where there's a reason you're the AFC and there's a reason number one, you know, playing or not. Okay. Then Keith has Toronto as the eighth. Keith, what do you think between Milwaukee and Toronto? I do think Toronto – I think Nick Nurse cooks up something for, like, at least a win. So I'll, I'll give him five games. But, yeah, for sure the Milwaukee Bucks are beating the Raptors. Okay, so then Keith, I'm going to stick with you. You have we all have Miami's L seven, so we're all going to say Boston, Miami. Keith, it's on you. Boston's winning, um, but I do think Miami uh, does turn it on late season. I think that they will give Boston a run for their money, so to speak. I think it goes six games, but yeah, I got Boston for sure. Okay, David, what about you? Boston, Miami. Boston six. Okay, I am. Definitely Boston. I want to agree with both Keith and David with Boston and six, but the point Corbin brought up with Miami is just how bad that offense is. And I just don't know if they're going to be able to keep up with Boston as a result. I'm going to say Boston and six still, but it wouldn't surprise me at all. This is a cop-out answer if we went in five, but I'm going to go Boston and six. Corbin, what about you? Boston, Miami. We're gonna go Boston. Sorry, I'm dealing with allergies, so I've been coming off and on with the camera. We're gonna go. We're gonna go Boston, though. I think. Um, How many games? Three. I'm just kidding. No, I'm gonna say. I'm, I'm just gonna keep going with that. No, I'm gonna say Boston in five. Okay. This Miami Heat team is weaker than they were last year when they pushed Boston. That's just. It is what it is, right? Kyle Lowry's regressed. I think he was a bigger factor last season. The collective offense has gone down. Um, Boston's been a well-oiled machine. Their bench got better, and Jimmy Butler's great, but. He's not that great. You know, like, like, five. Okay. Then I'm going to start next with, because I guess I'm the Sixers guy in here, and I have Sixers and Nets. I I think I'm going to say Sixers and five, but it's not going to feel like five. I think, you know, Sixers go up 3-0, and then Brooklyn wins that fourth game at home, and Sixers goes in. I just... I don't think it's going to be very competitive, but I do think Brooklyn steals one. Brooklyn stole one a couple of years ago when D'Angelo Russell was on that team when the Sixers played them. Uh, the Nets actually won game one in Philly that year. But yeah, I'm going to go Sixers and five, but I don't think it's going to be much of a series. I think Mikhail Bridges is going to get hot enough because I do think he's a certified stud. And Sixers don't have any wings. They're playing Tobias Harris, who's a power forward at the three, because they have P.J. Tucker and Beat Harden and Maxi. So... I do think Bridges is good enough that he's going to, you know, find a way to steal a game from the Sixers. So, Corbin, I'm going to shoot back to you. Sixers and Nets, what do you think? I'm going to say Sixers. Nets are happy to be there this year. 
How many? Um, I th five. Okay. David, what yeah. about you? The Sixers in four. Okay. I think that Embiid and Harden are both motivated. And I kind of said this before the season, those guys have more than any other stars in this league to prove because they have both been on good teams, but they hadn't been able to get over the hump. And Beaton has played incredibly well this year. And I'm not going to get into the MVP conversation on here because I think a lot of you guys would disagree with me on who should be the MVP. But It's not Ja. Um, no, not at all. That was, I, I love the Grizzlies, but it's definitely not Ja Morant this year. But I just like – I think that the, the Sixers are a little more motivated, and I just don't think that Boston – or I'm sorry, uh, Brooklyn wants any parts of it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, gentlemen sweep here for me. I think uh, I think Brooklyn does steal one, but, yeah, five games here. Uh, Sixers take take work of them. But, uh, man, that, that Milwaukee – or I'm sorry, that Brooklyn team is fun to watch, though. So uh, I, I do hope they do steal one because they'll be excited. and It'll be good for them. They're, they're still a young team, so. Okay, then our last series in the East is the four-seed Cleveland against the Knicks. David, I'm going to start with you now. Cleveland and New York, what do you got? Uh, I like Thibodeau and the Knicks in this series. Okay. I think that Cleveland has more talent, but I feel like uh, Tibbs is a better coach. And I think there were a lot of folks that were bashing the Knicks for paying uh, Jalen Brunson. I, I, you know, I say that is Brunson healthy. Is he going to be playing? Brunson's healthy. I don't know if isn't Vandal out right now. They said he's questionable for game one. Yeah. I don't like the crazy season. I got lost. I was so focused on trying to win fantasy championships that I wasn't keeping up with the injuries as much as I should. So I don't know. If New York is healthy, I like them to win this series. I, I just – I like – you know, you talked about uh, taking Spo over kind of anybody in the league, and I, and I don't think that highly of Tibbs, but he has experience. He knows how to win playoff series, and I, I think that uh, I think that they do it here. I think it's a, a good series, probably six or seven games, but I like the Knicks to win it if they're healthy. Okay, Keith, what about you? Yeah, I think the spread right now on books is, uh, and it's interesting because I had a, I had the opportunity here uh, to take the spread at uh, you know one point five games. So if they win by two games, the Cavaliers, it's plus one twenty. But I end up taking the series price at minus one eighty five for the Cavs to beat the uh, Knicks. I'm going to ride with that. Now minus Cavs... two hundred five. Yeah, it's, it's... Here right. So it was a good bet because I'm getting my closing line value there. Uh, but anyways, uh, I do like, uh, yeah, I like the Cavaliers to win here. I think it's going to be a seven game series. I really do. Um, this is a really interesting series. Um, this is going to be probably the toughest uh, first round matchup in in the entire NBA. Um, I agree with you that I think the coaching probably favors Tibbs, um, and it's it, the the situation, the the atmosphere favors Tibbs also, where you're just playing your top guys and running them into the ground. Um, I know we said that about Nick Nurse as kind of a negative, but I, I see that as kind of a positive come playoff time because you that's the rotation you're going with man it's eight nine guys and that's it and then that's how kind of I'm, I'm looking at these things but um but i do think the Cavs, obviously uh as david said you know they've got the um talent upside and they've also got uh i mean evan mobley and jared Allen are just beasts on there uh, i just don't see you know the knicks contending with that on the interior so they're going to be stuck shooting a lot of threes um, you know, they're not a bad shoot, three-point shooting team. I, I think they're actually one of the better ones in the NBA. So it, it's going to be an interesting one, but I've, my gut says Cavs, seven-game series. 
I'm also going to go Cavs, but I'm going to go six games. We saw the Knicks a couple years ago when they played Atlanta and they were the four seed that had home field advantage and, you know, it, things didn't go as planned. I do think this is a completely different Knicks team. I, I do think Julius Randle's for real this time. They now have a legitimate point guard in Jalen Brunson. Emmanuel quickly might win six man of the year. They have Josh Hart coming off the bench as well. They go at least seven deep. But Cleveland, I believe, is one of three teams to have a top 10 offense and defense, along with the Sixers and the Celtics. That defense is elite. The offense is pretty damn good. And I just think Cleveland overall has a talent advantage. They have home court advantage. And I probably agree that Knicks have the coaching advantage. But again, I'm not a big Tibbs guy, so I don't like it enough to have that sway me one way or another. So I'm going Cavs and Six. So Corbin, what do you have between Cavs and Knicks? Corbin, before you go, I'm not trying to talk over you, bro, but I, I looked up the Randall injury. There's not been an update since March 30th. And they said he's out for two weeks. The, yeah, and they said that there is a chance that he will return in the first round of the playoffs. So we will probably not know until like the play-in games get passed or whatever. But I'm going to go into this taking the Knicks, assuming that Julius Randall is going to be healthy. If he's not healthy, I think the Cavs run away with this in a landslide. Okay. Yeah, I... I have the Cavs winning regardless, so I would agree with that. And Keith, again, also has the Cavs winning regardless of Julius Randle. But, you know, hopefully for the sake of basketball fans, Julius Randle is going to be healthy and have a good series. So, Corbin, what do you have between Cavs and Knicks? I have Cavs. If Julius Randle is out, I have Cavs over five. If Julius Randle is in, I have Cavs over five with one Julius Randle bad game. So... Yeah, okay. I, I just don't – yeah. I am from New York, and I feel bad about it, but no. I just feel it's a matchup problem, and I respectfully disagree about the coaching of Tibbs. Um, not that bigger staff is some maestro on his end either, but bigger staff does have, in my opinion, a better backcourt and more size and talent in the front line. And although Knicks have spots here and there in the bench and Jalen Brunson, yeah, it's cast for me. Regardless. Okay. Cool, but then I'm going to stick with you when we're going to move to the West. One seed Nuggets, and then year eight is Minnesota. Oh, yeah, it's the Nuggets. I mean, I'd love to see Rudy Gobert, you know, validate why he's one of the best defensive bigs in the league and worth all that, that capital he was traded for. But alas, we won't. Um, or we will, and it just won't be pretty. Um, yeah, Nuggets are going to take that. Um, and, yeah, the more again, the more I'm thinking about this, I'm like, are they even going to make it? But, yeah, Nuggets are taking that. How many games? Four. Okay, we have a sweep. Uh, I want to say, <laughs> I want to say five because I think one good ant game, but I just don't. Five. I'm. I'm gonna say five. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm gonna say five. And I'm gonna take Denver and five over the Pelicans. Okay. Yeah. Denver's moving on. They're lucky they're not. Anyways. And the Lakers. I mean, I didn't say it. I said it for you. Okay. <laughs> David, what do you got? You got Nuggets versus OKC. Uh, Nuggets win that that series, and I, I don't even. I think it's in four. Okay, Keith, Nuggets, and you have Minnesota. Nuggets, but I'm gonna say six. I mean, the Nuggets haven't blown out teams this season. Um, and I know Jokic is in talks to be MVP. He's one of the most talented offensive players in the NBA. But yeah, hey man, Gobert's got to earn his stripes somewhere, man. So there you go. You got the MVP center across from you. What are you gonna do? Your your move, right? Uh, I don't I don't believe in Gobert. I don't think any of us really does. But 
uh, at the end of the day, I do think that the uh, the Wolves are tougher than uh, than than getting swept here. So I'm, I'm gonna go uh, Denver in six. Okay, Keith, you and I are gonna really quickly because we have the Grizzlies and the Lakers. Obviously, we have David on, and we have Corbin, who's a Lakers guy. So, I'll let those guys take the analysis. Yeah, that's all so good. It's all good. You and I <laughs> will go first, and then let those two guys have a constructive debate. It's going to be interesting, too. Go ahead. Yeah, you you go first. You go first. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. I'm actually going to side with Corbin on this one. Not because I don't think the Grizzlies are a bad team by any means. I think the Grizzlies are actually a very legitimate title contender. But as I said, the Lakers do have the best record in the West since the All-Star break. I had Sam Quinn on bird rights the other day, and we talked about how we both don't love Rob Palenka. I think most front office guys don't love what Rob Palenka's done. But I think he did an excellent job at the trade deadline. I think he did a great job surrounding LeBron and AD with the adequate pieces that they need. And I think they match up very well against the Grizzlies. So I'm going to go Lakers. And let's see, game seven would be in Memphis. So I guess I would go Lakers in six and they win on their home courts. So I I know David's going to, have something to say about that. I know Corbin's definitely got something to say about that. So, Keith, what do you have between Grizzlies and Lakers? I, Keith, I think you're muted. You're so you don't want to talk about it so badly. You mute yourself. I really didn't want to talk about it. Can I just go back? <laughs> I figured as much. <laughs> you were like, you were like, let me just let me pretend. I really, I really don't even want. Uh, I got Lakers in seven, man. I really okay. do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've got Lakers in seven. <laughs> okay. David, the floor is yours. Well, I, I mean, you could go ahead and let Corbin go, so it can be all of the Lakers guys taking the Lakers. And nah, because see, y- y'all Grizzlies got some victim complex. I want us David all to stack up on you. <laughs> David is low key loving being the underdog again. Hey, I, that's fine. Memphis, Memphis gets no Green respect. Grind, Green grind. We never give this any is, respect. They don't. So <laughs> please, please make a case for anybody other than Jaron Jackson to win Defensive Player of the Year right now. Didn't play like, can you minutes. guys? Anthony Davis. You're gonna you're gonna give Joel Embiid the MVP, but you're not gonna give him defensive player that Embiid played three more games than Jaron Jackson Jr., but you're fine with an MVP playing three like I don't I don't have the numbers up, so I don't it's like physical sixty one because there's a big like, difference. <laughs> no, I mean for sure Jaron Jackson is not on the level of Embiid, but if you're gonna give Embiid the MVP you have to dock him for the games played as compared to what, like he played three more than Jaron Jackson. So if you're giving him the MVP, Jaron Jackson should be in your, in your defensive player of the year conversation. You look at the on off numbers, the percentage of block shots, everything that he done, his body of work throughout the year. And he's getting no respect there. There was, there was a leaked vote for defensive play of the year. And somebody voted for Draymond green. Listen, I love Draymond Green. I know what he does for that Warriors team, but you cannot look at me with a straight face and tell me that Draymond Green had a defensive player of the year type season this year. He did not. You won't convince me of it. I think this is going to be a great series. I love this matchup for the Grizzlies, and I love the way that this bracket is slanted because in order to step your game up to the next level, this Grizzlies team is young and up and up and coming. You have to beat good teams. And a lot of teams were scared of matchups. They're like, oh, I don't want to face this team in the first round. 
I've got bad news for you. If your team can't beat a, a team in the first round, you're probably not going to win a title anyway. So I, I think that this series goes seven because I still have respect for LeBron and Anthony Davis. But 18 days after the trade deadline, and they got this wing stopper, John Morant scored 28 points in one quarter against this Lakers defense when they were healthy. What's LeBron the Memphis that Grizzlies, what's that? LeBron, we, I mean, we, Le, I mean, we wouldn't have stopped that, out, but we that, weren't yeah, healthy. Yeah, yeah. That, but just want to push back. I'm sorry. Was LeBron was, was LeBron out that not? Game. He was, was not he? there. Mm-hmm. Okay, but y'all still scored 28 in, in, in LA. In, yeah. No, when, when he wasn't. Okay, I well, I I thought that LeBron played that game, but you did. LeBron wouldn't be guarding John. Exactly, anyway. it wouldn't have mattered. Was, yeah, LeBron don't want that smoke on defense. He, he's thirty eight. He <laughs> like, yeah, I know what it is. exactly. He, he's got defense, concrete like blocks time, on his so feet. He can't. <laughs> so I I think it goes seven games. I think the Grizzlies win the series, but I think everybody expects the Lakers to win this series, and they're going to be surprised at how well the Grizzlies match up. You are missing Steven Adams, but Steven Adams will get played off the court in this series because he cannot guard Anthony Davis, and they're not going to play anybody bigger than Anthony Davis, so you can't hide him anywhere. The one thing that the Grizzlies are going to be missing, and I think it's going to be a glaring hole for them, is Brandon Clark. Last year in the playoffs, Brandon Clark was phenomenal. Without Brandon Clark, they don't beat the Timberwolves. So Xavier Tillman is going to have to play extremely well. Jaron Jackson is going to have to match up well against Anthony Davis, and that's been a nightmare matchup for him. But we've seen a lot of growth from Jaron over this season, and so I I think that that growth that we have seen from him, the Lakers not only have to stop John Morant, they have to stop Desmond Bain. Luke Kennard, since he's been in Memphis, has been the best three-point shooter in the league. And then Jaron Jackson, when John Morant was out, he was averaging 25 points a game. Yeah, you have Anthony Davis. That's going to be a good defensive matchup. But you have more weapons in Memphis than what they've ever had. And the national media and people that don't watch the Grizzlies play think that their only offense is John Morant and Desmond Bain. And I've heard it on ESPN over and over and over again. And it's like, listen, guys, if you don't watch the Grizzlies play and you only watch highlights, just say that shit because that's exactly what's going on. Let me ask you something, Dave. How do you feel about the absence of Steve Adams? I was really hoping they'd have him back. Is that – I mean, I felt like that was in a the, big loss. Now, in this series, it's not. He right. he he would have right. been played off the floor. If you go back to the Minnesota series last year against Carl Anthony Towns, court. he was getting killed like they – and then in the Golden State series, Steven Adams, they were targeting him in the pick and roll, and they were – eating his lunch dude like he he got neutralized in those series because they were targeting him i love him he is super impactful for the way that the grizzlies play but the style of game that they play with steven adams on the floor is not going to win in the playoffs the style of basketball that they need to play is without steven adams on the floor and it's with somebody like with Jaron playing at the five and then either running Dylan Brooks as your small ball four or, you know, whatever combination of, of either Tillman, Brooks, Santi Aldama, one of those guys being the four and Jackson at the five. Now, I will say, like, the, the Davis-Jaron Jackson thing, that's going to be the X factor of this series. If Jaron Jackson is able to play defense and stay on the floor against this team – the Grizzlies have a chance. If Anthony Davis gets him rattled and he stays in foul trouble, 
it's over. The Lakers will run away with this series if they if Jaron Jackson cannot figure it out. But that that's the only way. And, and there, like I said, there have been a ton of, and, and I know, like as somebody that watches the Grizzlies day in and day out, I know that a lot of people, because of AD, because of LeBron, and because of how good this Lakers team has been post trade deadline, I know that the Grizzlies are going to be underdogs, even though they're the two in this series. Okay. So David said Grizzlies in seven. Coleman obviously has the Lakers. I'm going to move oh, but, on. But you didn't let me get my explanation as to Okay, what. go ahead, Corbin. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just kidding, Stephen. I'm giving you a hard time. Um, no, I, David, actually, uh, so it's funny. I was I was talking to my friend, and of course, I'm the delusional Laker fan, and I get it. But I did say we would turn it around after the trade deadline, and we did. I did say we'd make the play-in tournament after a 2-10 and 10 start, and we did. Like, you know, so far, I'm looking like Nostradamus over here. But I, 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 I think, for me, the Grizzlies are a, a tough matchup. Like, John Morant's going to score all the points. I don't think there's any joke. Like, D'Lo's not going to stop him. Vando can only guard one person. Um, although I would like Vando on Ja, Ja's like just sheer athleticism. Um, like he did the twenty-eight and a quarter, and Vando was playing, so like it's not going to stop. Plus, Vando's not that guard kind of guy. Like we don't have a matchup for him. At the same time, I've seen Pat Beverly go on miniature ten-zero runs against Ja Morant. So like, and we have better scores than Pat Beverly, and Pat Beverly like sought out Ja Morant, and, and it was it was pretty ugly. Like Ja Morant's as good as he is offensively. I don't understand why he is such inept defensively, but he just definitely is. Um, with that being said, Jaron Jackson. I think it's like a it's like a trickle down effect because Dylan Brooks and LeBron is a nice matchup, but one that I'm not really worried about for LeBron. Um, defensively, I think the loss of Brandon Clark is huge because he's the one guy that can kind of swing between both. I also think Stephen Adams is huge because he's at least a big body that you put out there. You get smaller after him. Jaron Jackson is going to give you 28 minutes of good work, and I say 28 for a reason because foul trouble follows Jaron Jackson Jr. instead of Jr. is Jaron Jackson four fouls. Like that's how I look at him. So I feel like. It, it, like he's played well and when he's there he's a thorn in the Lakers side because he is able to stretch the floor he's able to finish around the rim he runs really well that's great he just can't stay out of foul trouble and I'm tired of people saying like oh it's no it's historically he just can't like until he proves otherwise I'm going to believe he's going to do what he's been doing which is just that so I I see him in foul trouble and I see that being a problem if John Moran we don't have like perimeter like penetrating point of attack uh, not point of attack. We don't have penetrators at our guard positions, but we have guys who know how to get crafty guards who know how to go and score and draw fouls. Austin Reeves won the best at doing that. D'Angelo Russell won the best at doing that. John Morant can't stop any of that. Now, I'm not saying that those guys are going to go off for, you know, 25 and 30 points. What I am saying is that you're going to have to have some of the backline help of the Grizzlies shift over to defend some of that because Devin Bain is good for his position. But there's another one. And we're not even saying that, you know, the LeBron James isolations and the pick and roll cross matches are going to happen. So that's why I see it. That being said, the Grizzlies are nice. You know, John Morant and, and, and Jaron Jackson are great. I don't trust their half court offense. I don't. I think that in, in a regular season, even when John Morant was doing what he was doing um, in that matchup, this in this like what I think it was early, late February, I forgot. But like when John Morant was doing what he was doing, I was like, okay, that's good. Like he's going to be a problem regardless. He was a problem in last year's playoffs too. But, like, they need that to – I don't know what that was. Excuse me. Um, that was I like just a heard... get tired of listening to your bullcrap. You know what? Maybe it was because I had I had Basketball Reference up, and all of a sudden a Country Crock commercial popped up. I was like, I'm not watching no Country Crock. Anyway, I'm not talking a bunch of crock, David. And I'm, talking, <laughs> I'm just saying that I don't trust the Grizzlies perimeter shooting long-term. Desmond Bain is your best shooter and Jaron Jackson when he's there. Um, I don't trust. It's okay. He's national media, just like these other guys that, that don't watch. Oh, the you're funny. So I came to expect it. Luke Kennard is nice. I just don't 
Luke Kennard's nice. I, I I don't trust his defense. I don't trust the Memphis's defense, and you have to do a defense for offensive trade. I haven't watched enough Grizzlies like that to say that. Uh, like like you said, I'm not a Grizzlies expert. You watch every game twice, but I've watched enough Lakers games. I've watched the Lakers Grizzlies matchups, and I'm no. I, I say I say I would say Lakers in five just to really rankle David, but I'm gonna say Lakers in six because I think that's more likely. It's more likely six and seven. I just think matchup wise, AD and LeBron are are a problem. Um, that's just in general, and that's definitely for the Grizzlies. Five years ago, they were a problem. Now the only problem is their freaking Ben Gay that they got to use out there on the floor. Oh, you're hilarious. Don't be salty. See, this is why no one likes Memphis Grizzly fit. No, I'm, okay. I'm, just, okay. I'm just kidding. I'm all just right, kidding. Right. I love I love. Listen, <laughs> David knows. David knows. Me and David go back. I was giving a hard time. I love. Actually, I'm going to be excited if we match up because me and you've been talking for years, man, and it's <laughs> yeah, going to be fun. It, it is. It's going to be fun. That's all that I'm excited for. <laughs> okay. and, and also, like, a selfish reason. I'm a season ticket holder, so I have playoff oh. tickets. This, this this Lakers matchup, I'm gonna make a sh- boatload of money, <laughs> a boatload of money selling these tickets. So yeah, I'm here for. There it. I want I'm to, happy for you. I want man. it to go seven. I will not sell game seven, but I want it to go seven so I can get max dollars out of the series. Yes, sir. <laughs> you okay. go, man. Let's move on to the Warriors and Kings. I feel like the biggest argument against Golden State is the fact that their away record is 11 and 30. But at the same time, the counter argument, at least my perspective, is they're 33 and 8 at home. So if they lose every road game and they win every home game, they're going to lose in seven. They just got to steal one in Sacramento. And as I said to one of my buddies earlier today, Golden State hasn't lost a playoff series to a Western Conference team since 2014. They missed the playoffs twice and went to the finals every other year. I just think the continuity, I think the experience, I think that wins out. Sacramento can't play a lick of defense. So I'm going to go Warriors and six here. Corbin, what do you have in that series? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do Warriors and six. It's gonna be, that's, that's a series I'm, like, I'm looking forward to fun between Lakers and Grizzlies because between David and Joe Mullinex and other guys I know, like it's going to be fun just to – rib on them um and, and be ribbed on but like from pure basketball entertainment like it's going to be kings and warriors for me the cross matching i don't think that mike brown is a better coach than um steve kerr but i do think that mike brown is a dang good coach david i think he's an underrated coach for his like over his career and i think that defensively he's been underrated for the stuff he's been able to do not talking about sacramento but now he's on a team that offensively they have the firepower that let's be real you know, at his other stops, Brown did not have. Those Cleveland teams, you know, you had LeBron, of course, and some, you know, guard play up and down from Mo Williams and, you know, guys of that ilk. You can just stop there. Like, that's all he had. He had uh, Mo uh, Williams yeah. and LeBron pretty much. That, that, yeah. that, that, that's pretty much it. I was going to say, um, what's his name? Um, I forgot. doesn't matter. The other guard, um, who's – anyway, doesn't matter. Delonte West. West, exactly. Oh, yeah. But then – but even he was, like, very streaky, so you're right. I should have just stopped at Mo Williams. <laughs> and then if you look at – if you look at him, you know, post-LeBron, we saw what that team looked like. Look at him in L.A., yeah, Kobe, but, like, later career Kobe, right? Not the jack – just the jacker of shots, but it just wasn't a good fit. It was a, a lot more of deliberate play. Bottom line, Brown is on a team now where the offense is electric and the defense is another story, which is hilarious. But the Warriors – I mean, yes, you know, in terms of that conversation of defensive player of the year, Draymond is in there. Absolutely, but like I I, I the I don't the Warriors defense doesn't really fear anyone, especially when they're not home, right? It's like they forget how to play positional defense, right? 
I definitely think De'Aaron Fox is going to be an issue. Um, I want to see a big Keegan Murray game. Harrison Barnes' Avenge game, let's go. You know, I'm just really pumped. It, it, let me just get to the actual prediction. I'll stop talking. Um, I'm going to have Warriors in six, but I cannot wait. It's going to be um, game one, right? Sacramento. Like, the noise that's going to be in there. Um, the huh? The white the beam. Oh, light the beam is going to go crazy. You have um, who's their announcer's name? Jeez, I I, I literally just said it. Um, come out like the the play by play guy. Yeah, ESPN. Who's the play by play? Mark 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 Jones. Mark right? Jones. Thank you, Mark Jones and Doris Burke on the call. Like it's gonna be fire. I'm very like you talk about. I'm beaming right now. Like the freaking beam. I'm beaming. Like let's go. But yeah, Warriors in six. I just think you gotta play defense at some point. And come on, we trust the Warriors to do that more than we trust the Kings. Okay, David, what do you have? Warriors, Kings? Uh, I like the Warriors in this one as well. Warriors in six. Okay, and Keith? I'm going to stick out there, man. I'm going to be I'm gonna be the guy. I'm going to say Kings in six. Uh, this is absolutely the worst matchup that the Kings could have uh, drawn here. Absolutely, because they're going to constantly put some bonus in that pick and roll uh, with Steph Curry, Draymond Green. Uh, it's just going to be – it's going to be ugly on that side. Absolutely, Corbin's right about that. But – Here's what I'm going to say. The Kings are just going to outscore them. The Kings have that ability, and that's crazy. But this is absolutely the most efficient offense in the NBA. Uh, it's gonna, as, as Corbin said, it's going to be the most fun series to watch. There's going to be a lot of scoring. I'm waiting for that 146 to 142 barn burner, which we're going <laughs> to get in this series. Yeah, um, no doubt. I, I would love to see it go seven games just because I think it's going to be entertaining as heck. But, uh, but no, I, I'm taking the Kings to six. I think they're going to outscore them. I think they're going to say, screw it on the defensive end. They're just going to do what they're going to do. Uh, and you know, I think it really comes down to at the end of the day, you know, are the Warriors hitting their three point shots? And a lot, a lot of Warriors wins come that come down to that. So I'm gambling here, but uh, I'm gonna take my money. I'm gonna put it on the Kings. Hey Keith, while I have you, give me Suns and Clippers. Suns and Clippers is gonna be a good one, man. Absolutely gonna be a good one. Um, but I'm gonna have to Paul George plays. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna take the Suns. Um, I think you know, even if Paul George does play, uh, let's just assume perfect health. Um, watching Kevin Durant on this Suns team has been, just been transcendent basketball, man. Uh, Devin Booker has never been more wide open in his life. And this dude's going to shoot like 55% from the field and score 35, 40 points a game in the playoffs. It's This is going to be Devin Booker's show uh, on the offensive end, but it's going to be because Kevin Durant enables him to do that. So uh, I'm going to go Suns. Um, it's going to be a good series. I'm going to go Suns in six. That's what I'm going to go. David, what about you? Yeah, I like the Suns here. I, I don't. Uh, I'm not going to give the Clippers even that much credit. I think the Suns make pretty easy work of this team. Uh, Suns in five. Okay, I'm going to go Suns in six, assuming Paul George is playing. And obviously, the Suns don't have that continuity quite yet. They all of Chris Paul, Aiden, KD, and Booker have only played, I think, eight games together. And the biggest win they had with those eights was against the T Wolves, the Bulls, and the Mavs. So two teams that made the play and one team that didn't even make it. So they they haven't really played legitimate competition with this group together. I do think, you know, Ty Lue might be the second best coach in the world if, you know, we all agree Expulsion is the best. And if you give me Paul George and Kawhi, I'm just, I think Suns will find a way, but I think it will be in six. Corbin, what about you? Suns and Clippers? Oh, yeah. I'm going to go Suns and... I don't trust the Suns. I'm going to go Suns in six. I, I, KD's looked great, but they've also not been playing, like, great competition over those 
last couple of games. Now, mind you, that's not going to really make a difference for KD. He's still going to be great. I'm worried about the other Suns ancillary players outside of that, right? Like, you get a good, good, solid KD game. You had some games where KD uncharacteristically did not shoot up from the field, and yet they still won. The Suns are a very good team. I don't know if I really trust their bench a lot. And I also think, like, you know, Chris Paul going to be 38. And we saw how that happened very early. <laughs> you know, get out of round one, round two came 38, and then just veered, just veered into the abyss. I'm not saying that isn't a possibility. And that's a lot of pressure still on Booker and KD. And KD isn't, like, invincible. He's not, you know, I think, like, if some of the shines come off LeBron, like, we saw, you know, KD and Kyrie go out without a a, a game, you know, against a Celtics team that, mind you, I'd say is probably better than its Clippers team. But just seeing KD be his efficient, effective self and it not really even matter, like, I wouldn't be shocked. That being said, a lot of it goes down to the Clippers. And I'd be swinging over to the Clippers side if Paul George is healthy. He's not, of course. Kawhi's still going to be an issue. I still think I have enough shooting up and down their roster. That could be interesting. I think Ty Lue, I look at him as a better coach than Monty Williams in terms of looking for advantages and maximizing those. I think it's really going to come down to the X factor. How is Russ Westbrook going to play? Like, I'm not saying he's the X factor. I'm just saying he's one of the X factors. Like, how is he going to play at the point, right? Which bench guy for either team steps up consistently? Those are the between the margins because you know what KD's going to do. You know what Kawhi's going to do. When does Paul George come back? That's what I'm looking at. But right now, yeah, we're going to go Suns and six. Um, and it's going to be a close one. I think this is going to be a series where you're going to see how important depth is in the playoffs. Because the Suns, as Corbin said, I mean, Josh Okoji's a fifth starter then. Who's the first guy off the bench? Toy Craig? Or Toy Dave Craig? Craig? Yeah. Yeah. Now, meanwhile, the Clippers are known for, you know, C-Bomb spending all this money and going into luxury tax to bring Norm Powell and Plumley and Bones Highland and Terrence Mann and Covington, and all these, just Eric Gordon, all these guys off the bench. It's just going to be interesting to see depth for stardom. But anyway, it's already been about an hour, and we haven't even got to the conference finals yet. So let's do some quick analysis and a little bit of lightning rounds. Keith, you have Bucks and Cavs. Who do you have? Got to go Bucks. Um, Cavs, I think, are, are a nice, you know, younger team. Uh, going to give them some problems, but I'm going to go Bucks in – I'll say six again, Bucks and six. Okay, David, Bucks and Knicks. Um, different teams, but same result, Bucks and six. Okay, I am also going to go Bucks and six just because I do think this Cleveland defense is legit, and I think the combination of Evan Mobley, Jared Allen could give Giannis as big of a fit as any other team that there is. I'm not saying they, nobody's going to give Giannis a fit, but I think they have the best chance, and then – you know, Drew Holiday, same thing on the other end, is going to defensively give Donovan Mitchell and Garland a fifth. So I'm excited to see that series. Corbin, Bucks or Cavs? I am going to go Bucks and six. Okay. Then while I have you, Corbin, Celtics and Sixers. Celtics and six. Okay. Yeah, I'll go no, that's going to be a fun one. I'm the Sixers guy here. Um, Keith, Celtics and Sixers. Celtics, um, six. Celtics and six. Okay. And David? I don't think there's any way this series doesn't go seven games. I think the Celtics are the superior team and they win it in seven. But, uh, yeah, I just, I think that this is 100% going seven games. Now I know how David felt when all three of us picked the Lakers. So I'm going to go Sixers and seven, which... I want to say Sixers and Six just because winning a game seven in Boston would be extremely difficult. 
And again, Boston is very deep. They have Malcolm Brogdon, Grant Williams, and Derek White all coming off the bench. That's their eight-man rotation right there with the starting five. But as we said earlier, Joel Embiid, James, Joel Embiid led the league in scoring back-to-back years. James Harden led the league in assists this year. Um, all Both of those guys, in addition to Daryl Moore, in addition to Doc Rivers, all have something to prove. They are top 10 offense, top 10 defense. They have the best record in the league since starting 12 and 12. I just think the Sixers have the making for the first time since, you know, they really blew it up and started the process that they have the pieces together. But the Celtics have had our number year after year. I'm not counting on us beating the Celtics. This might be a little bit of wishful thinking. And then again, our reward of beating Boston would have to play seven-game series with four of them on the road in Milwaukee just to get to the final. So that's the difficult road for the Sixers to go. But, okay, Keith, let's go to you, Nuggets and Suns. I'm going to go – man, that is a tough one. I'm going to go Nuggets. Um, I'm going to go Nuggets. I know it's it's a rough one, but uh, all the reasons that you know Corbin was pointing out, I think about the Suns team where they do have some flaws down the roster. You know, the top three guys, we all know who they are. DeAndre Aiden's there too, but I mean, how involved is he on the offensive side? How involved is he, you know, at all? How engaged is he uh, at this point when you know he's just not really a part of the the game plan usually? I just don't know. So, um, so really, I, I think the top three guys are good there, but I do think people are sleeping on Denver. I really do. Um, you know, top team in the in the West. Um, I mean, they don't blow people out, but man, when you get in the half court and you get the grind out games, which is going to happen in these playoffs, you want Jokic, you want that uh, Denver offense because that Denver offense clicks in the half court. So uh, if it's a slow down you know, game where they don't pace it up, which I do, do think that's going to be what's going to be against the Suns, I'm taking the Nuggets. Nuggets and how many? Seven. Okay. David, what about you, Nuggets and Suns? Nuggets and seven. I'm going to go Suns and Six, just because I know Corbin and I just talked about the depth issues that Phoenix has. But aside from Bruce Brown, I don't think Denver really alleviate. They they don't alleviate those depth issues either. They have depth issues of their own. So I, I know that Reggie Thomas Jackson. Bryan, I know Thomas Jeffrey. Bryan and Reggie Jackson now, but I don't know. I just think there's too much star power for Phoenix that I, yeah, I just Brown think they find a way. Bench, right? What yeah, is it? Yeah, they, they've Bruce got. Brown. Yeah, Bruce Brown, Reggie Jackson, and Thomas Bryant. I mean, Thomas Bryant is well. I guess technically Jokic is kind of a traffic cone too, but you know it's a Jeff Green. Like they have guys that have been there, so I, I just I like the depth for Denver as okay. opposed to what you're running, what what Phoenix is running out there, and I like the matchups that they have. You know, Michael Porter Jr. has the length. You're not going to stop Kevin Durant, but I think Michael Porter Jr. has the length to. I don't even know if he's the one that's going to guard him, honestly, but I don't know. Well, it's not like Gordon's defensives. Yeah. yeah you got to, you got to stop Booker and you have to start, stop Durant and that's going to be tough, but you also have to have this Suns team stay healthy. And Chris Paul throughout his career has found ways to not be healthy. And if he is not healthy, that Suns team is not going to function in the way that it should. Okay. Cool. But nuggets or Suns. Uh, Suns, I think this is where we uh, get to make fun of all the Jokic MVP voters. I'm just kidding. But, yeah, um, I, I think Suns. I just, yeah, there's not a whole lot of analysis to say except Suns are better. Um, but the only pre- reason I'm saying that is because I think that, I mean, the only caveat I'm giving is if they're healthy. Because, like David said, there's a reason why the Nuggets are number one. 
and the Suns weren't, right? Okay, Suns like health is a games? huge factor. I'm going to say oh, – just kidding, six. Okay. Corbin, I'm going to stick with you. Lakers and Warriors, Warriors would have home field advantage in that series. Oh, crap. Um, um, can we come back? No, we're going to say Nuggets, Lakers in Cancun. <laughs> Forget you, bro. <laughs> Lakers in six. It's hard to talk myself into that because that matchup, like we've seen it in like a playing game, right? And we've seen the regular season kind of back and forth and ebbs and flows. But like, I, I like if we said Clippers or Suns, it'd be easier for me to say like, okay, those teams. But like, I feel like the Lakers and Warriors have played each other like relatively well. They have strengths and weaknesses the other team can't combat. Um, like AD, Kevon Looney, and Draymond Green can't stop him. LeBron's going to get a hit. Steph Curry's going to wreak havoc. Clay Thompson's going to hit threes. Like we know how they're going to go, but we've never seen it in a series. Uh, I'm going to lean Lakers because, of course, but also because I do believe in LeBron and Anthony Davis as a tandem, um, just where they are. And other Warriors have to step up, and I can see Steph Curry kind of being maybe – I'm just talking myself into this. I'm going to say Lakers in six, but I have the right to change mine. Okay. Then I'm hypothetical. also, I'm also going to go Lakers in six. I'm going to agree with Corbin here. Um I just think Lakers, again, I think Rob Palenka really put the pieces together this trade deadline. And Austin Reeves, X-Factor, I mean, that guy is unbelievable. He's better than Alex Caruso ever was for the Lakers. And he's going to get paid. So I'm going to go Lakers in six, but that's going to be a hell of a series. I would say Lakers in seven, but as I said, Golden State doesn't lose at home, and they're not great on the road, so I think Lakers will find a way to win it in L.A. So, Keith, let's go to you. You have Lakers and Kings, and obviously Sacramento would have home field advantage. Yeah, and I I mean, I got to go Lakers. Uh, Lakers in seven. Um, The Kings, I mean, there are obvious, you know, obvious weaknesses there. I think they do have, you know, a lot of scoring there, but uh, I actually trust the Lakers' defense more. I trust the, the Warriors defense, to be honest with you guys. So take that for what it's worth. But I think they actually have better pieces on the defensive side. As long as LeBron James is not taking every other playoff like he's been doing all season, which I assume in the in the, in the playoffs will probably lift that band a little bit and maybe play 75% of the defensive uh, you know uh, possessions. So I actually do like the Lakers here at, in seven games. Okay. Then we have David with the Grizzlies and Warriors, which is a rivalry, isn't a rivalry. I'm not sure. Let's see if we can make it one. Yeah, this is where it becomes a rivalry, right? You you go back to MJ, right? He had Detroit. He had a conquer. He had the Celtics. He had a conquer. And so this is the year for the Grizzlies. This is the year they have to, you know, you're playing LeBron and AD. They're beating them in the first round. And so then you have kind of your unicorn. They played the Warriors the toughest last year. Um and and just just couldn't get it done. They were not healthy. You're missing John Morant. Desmond Bain was playing Gimp in that series, but I, I think this is the year that they do it. And I, I really like. I know I've talked about Luke Kennard quite a bit on this show, but I, I think a lot of people are sleeping on how much of an impact he made on this team, and the amount, a lineup, the way the Warriors beat the Grizzlies last year, is the guy that was playing the four whether that was Brandon Clark or 
if they were running well the four or five there if it was brandon clark they were running him as in the pick and roll they were going right at him in the pick and roll or any other big man not named jaron jackson they were going straight at him in the pick and roll what luke Kennard does is allows the grizzlies to play small with morant bain Kennard, dylan brooks at the four and jaron jackson at the five And the Lakers don't want to run Jaron Jackson into the pick and roll. They don't want to run Dylan Brooks into the pick and roll. And so their offensive strategy that they use to tear the Grizzlies apart last year is not going to be valid. And so I like the Grizzlies to win this series. It's going to be tough because these two teams bring the best out of each other. I think it's Grizzlies in seven. Okay, then I'm just writing it down because it's impossible to keep track of otherwise. So let's move on. We have the conference finals now. Keith, Bucks or Celtics? Yeah, I'm going the C's. Celtics have been my, been my favorite since the season started. Um, that depth that they added in the offseason is just crazy. Um, you know, Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon coming off the bench is just insane. Uh, defense and offense are both there. So Celtics over the Bucks in seven. Okay, David, what about you? Milwaukee or Boston? Same, for the exact reasons that Keith just said. Okay, and then Corbin, Milwaukee or Boston? Boston. How many? Six. Okay. Then I have Milwaukee Sixers. I just think if the Sixers get by Boston, they'll find a way to get past Milwaukee too. Uh, I suppose for momentum purposes, if nothing else. But again, I acknowledge as I'm putting my team in the finals, how difficult of a path Boston and Milwaukee is. I think they're the three best teams in the league. I think Boston, Milwaukee, and Sixers are, I don't want to say far and away, but I think they're definitely the three best teams in the NBA. So I'm going to go Sixers in seven, winning that game seven in Milwaukee. That'd be tough to win a game seven in Boston and win a game seven in Milwaukee in the same playoffs. But, okay, Corbin, let's go back to you. You have Suns and Lakers. Suns would have home field advantage. Lakers in seven. So you have the Lakers winning game seven in Phoenix. Okay, fine. Suns and six. Suns and six. (laughs) I... Suns and six? Yeah, okay. yeah, I yeah. I, I, uh, I don't want to, and I, I just, I gotta, I gotta at least someone be a regular analyst. And the Suns have been a thorn in the Lakers side, regardless. Health, not health. Bench, no bench. Like, I don't know what it is, but it's been a problem. Uh, I think it started with that 2021 playoff series with injuries. And at this point, like, again, this is barring on, like, extremely good luck that LeBron and, and AD are still healthy then I might be more inclined to give the Lakers a run. But if we're going to the conference finals at this point, I just feel like I've already seen Anthony Davis scare. I can feel it already. So, I, and, and KD would be a problem regardless. Um, if Lakers have any, it can't even be a problem if the Lakers are fully healthy. Um, if Lakers have any issues, yeah, nah, forget it. So, yeah, I'm going to say Suns in six, and Chris Paul's going to the NBA finals tonight. I'll do it for you. I'll go Lakers in seven. No, I'll go Lakers in six. I'll go Lakers okay. in six because I don't think they okay. win too much. Appreciate that. Uh, I just, I'm, again, I'm drinking the Rob Polinka juice for the first time ever. I'm not a Rob Yeah, I know. You were very not high on him when we went to the trade deadline. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, you became the biggest convert. I was like, whoa, whoa, that's me. Hold I'm on. not a Rob Polinka fan in general, but I, but yeah, I, I know. Like the moves that he's made. Yeah, uh, okay. That's fair. This team. I just, again, death, Phoenix doesn't have it. And I think the Lakers with 
how Austin Reeves is playing and D'Lo and Vanderbilt. They have guys that could actually complement LeBron and AD. But just about the first time ever, I don't think the 2020 bubble team had pieces that complemented these two guys as well as this team does. Um, David, Denver, Memphis. This is where Steven Adams is going to be missed, and this is the end of the road for Memphis. I think the Nuggets win this series because of Steven Adams not being there. And I think the Grizzlies still make it a series. I think Denver wins it in six. Okay. And then, Keith, you have Denver and Lakers. Yep. And this is where Jokic uh, eats the eats the Lakers for breakfast and uh, lunch and dinner and proves to everybody why he is the two-time in a row MVP. Maybe three-time. Probably not, but maybe should um, be three times. He, he could be. He could be. He could be. Never know. Voter um, fatigue is garbage. I hate that term. Hey, but you know what though? Exist. But you know what? No, he is. Uh, I think he does really eat up the Lakers here, and I think you know Anthony Davis doesn't want that smoke. So I'm gonna go with Denver Nuggets. Uh, I'm gonna go with Denver Nuggets in six. Wow. See, I'm actually other on the spectrum. I hope the Lakers got the Nuggets over the Suns because 2020 <laughs> did happen. You know, like you know, just just throwing it out there. You know, but anyways, did. no. It did, but you're right. You're right. Let's flip the script. Let's go. (laughs) I'm with you, Keith. I get you. I like this. Anyway. (laughs) Okay. Corbin, let's go to you. Uh, uh NBA Finals. Celtics versus Phoenix. Celtics would have home field advantage. So game seven would be in Boston. Phoenix in six. Okay. I just don't trust Boston like that. Maybe it is where my, not bias shows. I'm very high on... The Tatum-Brown connection. I'm just not high on Tatum as being that guy. I just feel like he's too inconsistent in the biggest games for me to have full faith in him. I, in the finals, like, he shrank. And I, like, it's the first time in the finals, like, okay, like, some players don't do that. You know, I'm not saying that Tatum will do that again. I'm just not, I don't know. I, 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 I look on the Sun side. I see a team that if they make it to the finals, hardened from their failure last time. You know, the collective desperation they have, the addition of KD. I, I just look at that. Boston's a better built team. I, I, I don't know. I just don't think they can't get in front of their own way. Um, and Joel Mazzula, uh, he came off really hot as a coach, and then he's made some interesting decisions, in my opinion, um, coaching-wise. I don't know if I fully trust him. So, yeah, I'm going to go Suns if, if they're there. Okay, David, Celtics and Nuggets. Celtics would have home field advantage. Uh, Celtics, seven. We haven't had an NBA Finals go seven in a while. Was Golden State in Cleveland the last one? Where that was. Yeah. That was the last one. Yeah, we 2016. In a while. Um, Keith, Boston Nuggets. Boston has some field. Yeah, I'm going Boston. I'm going Boston in six. Um, just too much skill. Uh, if it's Denver, uh, just yeah, I think it's Boston six. Okay, so Keith has Boston in six. David has Boston in seven. Corbin has Phoenix in six. I have Sixers, Lakers. I just think whoever comes out of the East is going to be two. I think whoever comes out of the West will be two open match for one of those three big teams in the East. Again, I do think they're the three best teams. This is probably my homerism showing a little bit, having the Sixers win a game seven in Boston, a game seven in Milwaukee, and then finally to get him game seven in Philly and beat LeBron James in a game seven to complete the process. Again, obviously wishful thinking, but I'm going to ride. Similar to David, I am a season ticket holder. So game seven in the NBA finals would be in Philly. 
Run me all that money, baby. Run me Sixers, all that Boston, money. and Milwaukee all would have home field advantage over anybody in the West because they had the three best records in the league, so they would, even if Denver made it as a one seed, they would have home field advantage. But, yeah. So, our final results, Keith and David both have the Celtics. Corbin has the Suns. I have the Sixers. So, gentlemen, any final thoughts? We went a little bit longer than expected, but, yeah, I, I'm excited. So, you guys can... The playing can start tomorrow. I'm going to try to get this episode posted on the Bird Rights feed tonight. You can follow me on Twitter, at Bird Rights Pod. You could rate and review, listen, wherever you're listening to this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Keith, this is going on the Bulls um, feed. Anything you want to plug? Yeah, uh, at BSBP Keith is my Twitter handle. Go follow me there. Uh, obviously, we have the DFS Today pod also where we do DFS. We're going to be doing that through the playoffs. And also bringing you guys a live lineup, lineup lock show as well on YouTube. So the Sports Ethos YouTube channel is where that's going to be at. So definitely find all my work there as well. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me on, Stephen. And uh, always great. But I think I think my one comment here is we're going to need a show. If the Lakers and the Memphis Grizzlies play each other, we're going to need a, a post-game show from Corbin and David <laughs> for every single one. It could be like 20 minutes, but we just need a little bit of that. <laughs> It's it. a pay-per-view boxing event. <laughs> we, we can get it for sure. <laughs> Absolutely, David. I'm, I'm, let's make that happen, Keith. I'm with you. Let's see. Yeah. yeah. Okay, David, anything <laughs> you want to plug? Uh, yeah, I, I am the host of the Ethos Grizzlies podcast. Uh, you can get it on, uh, find us on Twitter at Ethos Grizzlies and then get the show anywhere that you listen to podcasts. So if you're a Grizzlies fan, if you're not a Grizzlies fan and you want to hear us talk about the Grizzlies, come over and check it out. I appreciate you having me on. It was a blast. And also... Um, anytime that you're putting the show together, if you want it to not go an hour, you should probably not have Corbin and myself on here because we are both long winded. So, okay, that's no problem. I, I think we got good playoff analysis. So, Corbin, this is going to be a round ball rainbow speed. Anything you want to plug? Uh, just when David, you know, when David's not talking about the Grizzlies, he tells no lies. That's all I got to say. I'm, <laughs> like, I'm messing, but no. Um, aside from that, um, check out, um, I have another pod called Roster Reconstruction. Um, I'm going to have, I had a Aaron Perlstein on talking draft. We're talking draft now. I'm going to have draft deeper coming on talking that as well. Um, the Hornets podcast, all off season stuff. That's been crazy. Great, great year. Great off season awaits them. So I have some coverage on that with exit interviews. And then, um, I have a piece coming out for Swiss theory, um, on the executive tenure of Bob Whitsitt and the jailblazers. It's like eight pages of like every transaction he did from 94, to like 2003. And just how he built this finals contending team. And then, Tore it apart in a matter of two years. Okay, there you have it. Um, we will talk to you guys next episode, and hopefully we get a one well, no tomorrow if we're going to get a Lakers-Grizzly series. So we'll have to see how that goes. And we will all talk to you guys individually on our own pods and each other's pods next episode. Thanks for listening, guys.